Today's second reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and become like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. For he has been raised, as he, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going, to, going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me. This is the good news of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm, I'm willing to bet that as y'all came here this morning, fear was not an emotion that you were feeling. Unless it was fear maybe that like you weren't going to get here on time and people were going to stare at you. Um, but, but it's on display in our gospel reading today. Easter is not scary to us who know the whole story. But we do know fear. I mean, the world that we live in, it can be a scary place as it was in that very first Easter. And I have nothing against bunnies and eggs and Easter meals with family. But if that is all that Easter is to us, that's kind of scary too. Because then Easter doesn't really change a whole lot in our lives. And so for all those times when you wonder where we're headed in life, what's in store for us, if there's anything in store for us, Easter should answer that question for you. Jesus is ahead of you. So don't be afraid. The fear that the women bring to the tomb, it was not unlike the fears that we have in our own lives, right? Um, you know, fear, we have other words for it too. I mean, it can be worry, it can be anxiety. Those are the more growing up terms. We don't like to think of us as adults as being afraid of things. But I invite you today to name a fear in your life, something that you legitimately, something that you get anxious about. Are you afraid? Some days of sending your kids to school because there might be a bully or a shooter? Are you afraid of who will be elected? Are you afraid of your own health or the health of your loved ones, of artificial intelligence taking over the world? What are you afraid of? Seriously. I think a lot of us, we bury it deep down inside. We try to ignore it. And it just kind of gnaws at us. And so it's helpful to name these things. Are you afraid of people judging you? Are you afraid of irrelevance as you age? Are you afraid that your Easter meal is not going to be perfect and that family tensions are going to boil up? Are you afraid of being afraid? 
These are all worthwhile things. Both things big and small are real. And so whatever you're afraid of, I invite you to name it in your own head. And if you can name at least one thing, you're in good company. Because those women and the guards of the tomb, they were afraid. They were afraid of all those same things that I mentioned, the same things that we're afraid of, except for maybe AI. They weren't really concerned about that. The fear and worry are natural. They're a human thing. It's why Adam and Eve felt the need to hide from God. It's why they were ashamed in the first place. And so those women, when they go to the tomb, they are afraid. They're afraid that maybe God is dead and there's no hope. They're afraid of being powerless, of getting there, and the guards are going to say, no, you can't go in. Can you relate to that, feeling powerless? They're afraid that maybe they're not strong enough, that that stone is there, and they're not going to be able to roll it away and anoint Jesus' body. And then I imagine when this, you know, glowing heavenly being descends from the sky, rolls away the giant stone, and stares at them, they were a little afraid. Even the big burly guards with the pointy spears, it says they shook and became like dead men. They were afraid of failure, of their superiors, of losing their job for failing. They were afraid of that earthquake and the angel, and that fear for them was paralyzing. But we know the whole story. We know there's nothing to be afraid of in this story. But that's because we aren't living it out for the first time. The way that they were at that first tomb is the way we are with everything else that we're afraid of in our lives, everything else that we get anxious about it. Things that may not be rational, things that may not make sense to other people, things that, you know, six months from now, we wonder why we were even worrying about it. But the truth is we don't know the ending to some of these things. We're in the midst of it. And so that's the important part of Easter, we don't know exactly how our story plays out, but we do know how it ends. It does not end with disaster, but it ends with Jesus. And so when Jesus appears to those women, his first words, the same as the angel, do not be afraid. Now, if we had heard those words, if someone tells you when you're anxious or worrying about something, don't worry. Not the most helpful but Jesus is no stranger. This is the God who made us. This is the God who has lived with us. This is the God who understands and cares about all the things that we go through. And so when Jesus says those words to the, to the women at the tomb, and he says, do not be afraid, he's not saying something new to them. He's reminding them something that he's been showing them for the last three years. Like a child who seeks out their parent in the midst of a thunderstorm. They know his comfort. They know that if they go to Jesus, they are safe with him. I mean, they've even been through a storm with Jesus in a boat. They know he will always be there and that they're going to be okay. And so Jesus is only reminding them what they already know. And what they just struggle to feel 
when the fear is real. We know our own comforts. A lot of us, when we're struggling, we might pray. And prayer may not be sitting down with our hands folded and, you know, saying a fancy prayer, but it might be just saying, God, what's going on? Why is this happening? God, help me. It might be seeking out those that God has given us to give us comfort. That loving touch of God that even though we don't recognize it as God, is our Lord who pays attentions and listens and cares to us. And so Jesus' resurrection and Easter itself, they make a difference. Those women, they live, leave with fear, but it, that fear as they go is also mixed with joy and hope. And then Jesus says something really interesting, I think, after he says, do not be afraid. He says, now tell the other disciples that I'm going ahead of them to Galilee. That's Jesus' code for saying, I'm going to your home, where you're from. We know how Easter plays out for the women, for the disciples, for the world. And it is a joyful thing. It's a thing we sing about today. But our story is still being written. We don't know what's going to happen later today or tomorrow or next year. But the end is still clear. Jesus has gone ahead of us. Wherever we go, Jesus will be there. And though our fear and our worry and our anxieties may never fully go away, that doesn't mean that joy cannot be part of our lives. I don't know where you're going to go after worship today. Maybe you're going home by yourself. You're going over to the relatives with way too many people. Maybe you'll end up going to the hospital or to work. Wherever you go, God will be there. Because as Jesus says, he's going ahead of you to wherever you are going back. So while you might be afraid of all those things that we thought about and named earlier, there's also joy for us ahead. Joy that's not based on nothing, but joy that is based on trust. That God is stronger than death. That God does live and is close to us and still loves us. And that our stumbles and mistakes of yesterday don't have to define us. God will be and do everything that God has already done and more. We can't tell ourselves to stop worrying, to not be anxious or not be afraid. But into the midst of those things, we can add joy and hope. Because the story of Jesus' resurrection is our story, and the end is sure. When we look through the lens of Jesus' death and resurrection, we fear that our losses, that we lose the ability to control our emotions. But even if the worst ha should happen, even if we lose greatly in our lives, we are never truly gone. Those things that we have lost are never truly gone. God is just holding them for us. Just as Jesus is never truly gone, he's just ahead of us. 
for a little while until we get there. And so rather than spending our whole lives like the guards, rather than becoming like dead men, depressed and pessimistic, disparaging, lifeless and unmoving, we live life to the fullest. Remembering the whole story, remembering the way that God acts, and like those women, we run headfirst into the joy of our future because we know there is one. And so though I don't know where life is going to take you today or tomorrow, I do know what's ahead for you. No matter what happens to you, no matter what you're afraid of and what you're worrying about, whether it comes true or not, no matter what happens, you will be in your future. Because Jesus is already there and preparing that place for you. And anything that you have lost along the way, God is holding them, whether it's our loved ones or anything else we care about. You will be in your future because Jesus is already there preparing it for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.